Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Alex Beck, and joining us on the show is Brian Fuller from Power Rowing in Brooklyn, Massachusetts. What's going on, Brian? How are you doing today? Alex, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm super excited to be on the podcast. Um, I, I'm doing great. You know, we're, we're still hanging around. You know, like it's it's a uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's great. It's great to be great to still be going. Yeah, awesome. I was really excited to have you on. You have a pretty interesting uh, facility and market that you're in, something that I haven't really heard of, honestly, or, or came across many gym owners. Um, so I appreciate you taking time out of that busy gym owner life to be here with us. Um, now, before we dive kind of into the nitty gritty of what you have going on with your facility, um, give us a little rundown of what made you get started in gym ownership in the first place. Um. So uh, uh, I, I was a uh, bank auditor because that's where every gym owner starts as a bank auditor. And I did it for about 12 years. And there was like, a, I think there was just at some point I was like, you know, I was holding my laptop, shaking it. And I'm like, why am I doing this? I hate this life. Um, and I, but I had been an avid rower for about a dozen years. Uh, I started late in life. Um, and I, I was walking by, I want to say a soul cycle, honestly. And I was like, wow, why don't we do this with rowing? Why is this, why would it do this rowing? It's a much better exercise yeah. than spin. Uh, it's a much more complete exercise. And, and you know, I could, I could talk about it for hours, but how great it is for you. And I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. So I, I went and I sold my house, which is what normal people do. Quit yeah. my job, you know, and said, I'm just going to do this. And I, I looked for a piece of property. Uh, got a bunch of rowing machines. I, I, I did like a six month of like me and all my friends. I'm like, just come by. I want to keep practicing classes. And because there was nobody I could really look to because there was no other rowing studios in New England. Uh, so I wasn't, I couldn't like go to some rowing studio and be like, hey, what do you guys do? You know, uh, there were some studios that had a rowing machine or, or something along those lines, but right. no, no actual rowing studios. So I was like, you know what, I gotta, I gotta come up with something. So I spent about six months training myself and working with other individuals who I trusted. And then uh, we came up with a regiment and then we opened our doors. Super cool, Brian. I mean, you never know where life's gonna take you, right? Well, you started as a bank auditor. It's, it's cool you had a passion for rowing and kind of just uh, took the chance and hopped out there. And you're in your own market too. So so that's super cool. Um, you know, you have so much room for growth and um, I know we spoke a little off air uh, just about the things you have going on, but that leads me really to talking about power rowing in the first place. Uh, what do you guys kind of offer? Uh, what type of services are you offering your members? So, uh, I mean, we're, we're a fitness studio, much like a lot of other fitness studios. Like you can, you say we're like kind of like a spin studio, but we're not like a spin studio. I think, I think the, the way people should look at studios is what am I going to be getting out of this studio? Like what, what's the uh, transformative metric for this studio? So like if someone says yoga, I would say they're trying to get more flexibility and they're more relaxed or mm -hmm. more zen. You know, if, if someone says, you know, uh, weightlifting, I'd say 
obviously strength training. If someone says uh, spin class, I would say they're primarily working on calorie burning is really where they're at. Um, Cause you spend the whole class just kind of stay in that fat burning zone. With, with us, with a, um, a machine like a, a rowing machine, uh, the intensity is so high. We actually just really focus on cardiovascular. So all our, we're a true hit workout. Like you row as hard as you can for one minute, take a break. Row as hard as you can for one minute, take a break. Mm-hmm. Our workouts, our, our classes are 45 minutes long, but the workout is only nine minutes long. And people are like, oh, nine minutes. Well, yeah. in nine minutes, you're, you're totally gassed. Totally yeah. And, and like in between that, my instructors will do like, I'll do abs or they'll do quads or something like that just to kind of give you all over body exercise. But like our, our, our goal is cardio fitness. Cardio fitness. Awesome. Yeah, that's cool. And rowing uh, provides a lot of functionality in the workouts. You know, it's something that everyone could do and it works out your entire body, um, you know, works out your joints, your hands, your grip strength, um, all of that. So that's really cool. Um, yeah. So so you started about 10 years, 10 years ago. Correct. Correct me if I'm wrong. Five years ago. Five years, five years ago. ago. Sorry about that. Yeah. Five years ago. So so that's awesome. Um, you know, how, about how many members are you serving out of your facility facility right now? Right now, we're just about 50 members, uh, which is down quite a bit. Um, we were about 150 members pre-COVID. Right. Um, and at, at one point, we were down about, about 80%. Uh, and, but we're slowly kind of creeping back up. Uh, but of course, we're coming down to the end of the season right now, too, like, you know, May, June, July, it sort of tails off. But I, I expect come September, things are really going to start returning to normal. Yeah, I think that's a story of a lot of facilities, right, of, of losing a lot of members. Um, the good part with at least us being post-COVID, um, mm-hmm. so to speak, is that, you know, now you could, you know, develop some type of business plan, a way to keep growing, um, you know, and, and not have to worry about more shutdowns or, or worry about, um, you know, a bunch of members canceling on you at all at one time. Um, yeah, so awesome. You're sitting about at 50 members. Um, I do always like to ask, is that somewhere where you're trying to stop at or is right now where you're trying to continue with the growth process? Oh, we definitely are trying to continue with the growth process. Um, we, we scaled back not only, uh, as members scaled back, we scaled back the number of classes, the number of structures I have. So I'm down to like four instructors from 13. And we used to do uh, upwards of six classes a day, and now we're doing three. Um, so it's going to be one of those things where I'm tr- always trying to add instructors and also trying to add classes, you know, but like you, you don't want to go too fast because yeah. like, then you just have empty classes or, you know, instructors uh, are teaching one person. So we're, we're trying to like just kind of add it in slowly, slowly, slowly. We're trying to get back to that. 150 number right it's kind of like building you know a house you know like laying laying the foundation laying the bricks um it's all a process from getting members to hiring more people you know making sure that those trainers are good in the first place um and then you know continuing the growth um so that's awesome is there anything that you're doing right now just to aid that growth process i know you you saw that big drop off is there um anything that you're doing to to get more members in at this current time uh, that's a great question, and um, I, I'm virtually trying everything I can. Yeah. From uh, Facebook, Instagram ads, to uh, offering free classes for different businesses for like a group like class, like bring your whole business in. We'll do like a uh, 
some sort of like retreat thing and we'll give you a class. Um, we do kids classes. So to kind of like, you know, they sometimes the kids encourage the parents to come in. Uh, we send out, you know, email reminders. Be like, hey, we haven't seen you in a while. Um, you know, and then we do, we do a little bit of postering around town to be like, hey, have you heard of us? Um, if, if there was one thing you could like check the box and be like, this is it, just do this, and everybody's going to roll back in, yeah. we would have done it. But like, there's no, there's no real magic bullet. Um, it, it, it has to be, you know, the appetite of the community post-COVID. You know, it, it's one of those things like, so I, I live in a, a, a lovely, lovely community, but they, I, they tend to be more on the cautious side. I think we're like the last ones to like get rid of the mask mandate. Right. Like in the whole country it was like kind of going all the way across the country like we we're the last ones like if you go to texas like there's no even talk of like you know, why not go to the gym nah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, so um so what we're dealing partly with with that is this is a much more cautionary uh community we're primarily made up of doctors and professionals and stuff and so they're just taking a very cautionary approach so it's going to just take time to get them back yeah, no, definitely. It does take time. And that's smart that, you know, you are trying different approaches um, to, to getting more members in, especially, you know, trying, um, you know, things like Facebook ads and Instagram ads. Um, do you do you actually run those yourself or, or are you hiring someone to uh, run the marketing for you? Uh, I have hired people in the past with results that were really much better than what I could do myself. Um, exactly. Yeah. So Facebook and Instagram make it pretty darn easy to create, create an ad and then just send it out. Um, and they're not terribly expensive. So mm -hmm. getting someone else to do it just means like you're paying them to press the button. So it's, it's not a lot of complicated complications there. I'm not saying that marketing is easy. I'm just saying like that particular marketing, Facebook's made it available and Instagram has made it available to like the common person, whether you're in a tiny little studio like me or great big organization, you don't need a whole lot of expertise to, to set that yeah. up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I started um, with my own digital marketing uh, with Facebook ads is where I started. Um, I think I was 17. So in 20, 2015, um, that was like really the very start. And, you know, it definitely was a learning curve uh, for the fir first year. I, I probably, not going to lie, I definitely lost more money than I made using it. But once you figure out your marketing strategy, um, you know, who your, who your typical customer is, who you want in there and how to target them specifically. Um, it really does make all the difference because it gives you that, that trickle effect to where, um, you know, you could bring in customers on a consistent basis, uh, based off the content that you're putting out there. Um, so, so yeah, that, that's good to hear that you're doing that. Uh, so you track when you, when you hired someone, you were tracking pretty much all the data that they're bringing in. And, and realize that uh, that you could do better and, and did it yourself? Well, I, I had used it previously. Yeah. Uh, and then I stopped using it during COVID just because I was like, I'm not going to throw money at nobody's coming in, right? Like, it's just, it's a dead, it's a dead sea, you know? Uh, the people that were going to come in were going to come in. The people that weren't going to come in were not going to come in. And um, so I hired a professional agency recently and I had well, okay results, but like not significantly better than what I have done in the past on my own. So right. a lot more expensive because I'm paying somebody to, like I said, press the buttons. Yeah. And no, that's good that you actually tra track it. I, I literally, 
I had I did one podcast earlier today with another gym owner who's paying for marketing and um, he never he doesn't even track the results and he doesn't know if he's getting results from the marketing. He's just like, oh, oh I'm paying these guys to do it. I'm like you at least got to you know track the results of, of what's coming in. So is that how you're getting most of your members through um, Internet marketing or is it, um, you know, like referrals um, type of base? We get a ton from referrals. Right. We have uh, um, really crazy high reviews. Okay. Like uh, we were like the top reviewed gym in the greater Boston area pre-COVID by ClassPass, mm -hmm. which, which isn't saying anything, but ClassPass has a unique function where like when you're done with your class, you're like, rate the class. Like it gives you like automatic things. So like you get thousands of ratings like a really like a complete set of ratings so out of like five thousand ratings we had from we have from class pass we're somewhere around a, out of a five we're somewhere around a 495 like like an unbelievably high number yeah yeah um, and uh <clears throat> so we get we get a lot of people just walk in the door because they're like why is it so high you know it's really crazy high right um, we, we try to do things that are a little different than a lot of studios too uh, it's a very personal experience when you come here. So if you came in in two minutes, I'd, I'd make sure and learn your name, Alex. What do you do for a living? Oh, I work for Jim Lords. Oh, Jim Lords is great. You know, like, and like by the end of the class, you'd be like, you know, everybody in the class's name because we would be people would be talking throughout class and be like, oh, Steve, Alex, Steve, why don't you race to this set? And like, you know, uh, Steve, he's a lawyer. You know, Alex does marketing for Jim Lords, the podcast. You know, like, and like, yeah. it's. I can't tell you how many classes I went to until prior to opening a gym where, you know, I met nobody, not even the instructor, you know, like sometimes the instructor tells like me most gyms, especially big box gyms. It's like, you're just you know, like another, another fish in their, in their pond, you know, that's right. So we take a, a super personal approach. Yeah. Um, and so people tend to come back a lot. Yeah, um, no, I, I think that really shows like proof of product, especially like, proof of what you're doing works and you have a cool thing going on the fact that a lot of your members come in just based off referrals and you're killing it with the reviews on yelp which is huge nowadays i can't tell you almost everywhere i go that's the first thing I, let's look at it yelp dinner look at it yelp first let's look at the stars you know so, so that's really cool to see um and just touching even touching the marketing side you guys i really feel like you have some type of like viral ability of what you have going on you know not many people do this rowing thing especially as as a form of fitness um you even said you have your own market so i'm just you know i just want to throw it out that that's something for you to consider too just think of different ways to market because you know you're doing something completely out of the norm compared to just like your average like hey come to our boot camp um and lose 10 pounds um so yeah i'm just throwing that out out there as well um but yeah so what's kind of uh your your let's see like your sales process i guess so you get someone that comes in let's say it's a referral um a friend uh what's kind of their process uh for them turning into someone who's interested in in your rowing gym into turning into a paid member uh you know i, I wish there was like a, a, a cut and dry process but i try to yeah. treat everybody individually like uh i had this woman come in she bought like a two week, we had like a two week pass, right? For like new people, give it a try. It's like 30 bucks for two weeks. 
come in all you want. And she came in tons. And so I knew she was a student and I reached out to her and said, uh, but I knew she was also leaving in six months. But I said, look, why don't we give you a student membership even though you're graduating for the final six months you're here? And she's like, oh my God, that'd be great. So we converted her into a member, even if it's only a student member and it's only for six months. Uh, so each person I try to take is like, and which is not, you know, it's not simple, but I try to take them each. If they show interest, I reach out to them individually and be like, hey, you know, we love having you in class. You know, have you tried taking this class? You know, what are yeah. your goals? Um, you know, we do a lot of things here that are outside of the gym as well. Like we also do like, we might have trivia night after class and like, uh, you know, because we're a rowing studio, I'll, I'll connect my rowers with actual row houses and get them on the water. So like right now we have, I formed a group of like about 12 women and they're gonna row as a crew team. And then I'm gonna sponsor them and they're gonna eventually, row, they're gonna row all summer long and then eventually row on the head of the Charles. So which is like the, the big regatta in Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so like, like, like I said, tons of relationships here, tons of relationships, always building relationships. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't really have a great answer for that because there's no like, no. I, I would say Alex walked in, all right, this is how I treat Alex. You know, like, yeah. uh, I, I try to think each person as a, a personal. No, and that's really good, um, you know, especially for someone who's walking in to some type of fitness facility that probably they haven't heard much of about either, you know? Um, so it's good that you're able to give them that personal pr approach. Um, are you the one who does, you know, the selling currently? Are you always the the person, the salesperson who's turning these people into clients, giving them the tour? Um, uh, I mean, I encourage my instructors to do that as well, but yeah. uh, most of my instructors are really part-time. Part-time. You know, so, uh, uh, you know, if you own a gym and you teach classes, you don't actually have to pay yourself. So, like, the payroll is smaller if I teach. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and quite frankly, it's tough to find a good rowing instructors. Because um, I always look for people that have prior rowing experience and then are also a good instructor. Mm -hmm. So, that really narrows the market down. Like, if I, was, if I was trying to set up a yoga studio or a spin studio, like, you know, uh, I would have a million different people I could pool from but if i'm looking for people that are, you know wrote in college or high school uh competitively and the, but also can teach classes then the pool becomes really small so i'm always looking for good people yeah i mean it's i think it's difficult to find employees in general especially in rowing when you're trying to find people that have some prior experience but you know it's always hard to find a personal trainer that cares so much about as much about your business and like you know, puts the work in like you do. So that's always, I'm sure, like a difficult task to let go of is to, you know, take off the hat for that and pass it to another person. Um, but awesome. So, so what's kind of a typical client journey when, when they come into your facility? Are you asking them kind of, you know, like, hey, what's your goals uh, with fitness? Are you trying to lose weight? Are you just trying to get into something fun? Um, what's their client journey to reaching their goal? You know, that's interesting. I, I, I almost never talk to my clients about their goals. Okay. It's like a, it's a, almost a topic. I, I never, I never mentioned weight loss with anybody. Um, if, if someone comes in here a ton and we become friends and they lose a lot of weight, I'll be like, Alex, you look great. Okay. It really looks like you're, you're getting fit. But like, I, I won't ever say, 
you know, spend three weeks with me, lose 10 pounds. Yeah. yeah. We never, I never correlate those kind of things. Um, I always try to encourage people to work out as, as like a sustainable lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like you should come in three days a week. I, like I often, have, I, so we have clients that are as young as 13 and as old as 80. Um, it's really kind of a quite a range. And that's one of the advantages of rowing is because it's such a low impact exercise. You can have that gigantic range. Like you, yeah. the CrossFit range is like 25 to 35, you know, and like um, different gyms have different things. But for us, we have such a humongous range. So I, I try to treat each person like what are their needs? Like if you're older, I, I generally try to encourage you to row more often. You know, if you're younger, you know, I'm looking for more intensity. Um, so I, I try to, once again, try to treat each person that comes in the door like, uh, you know, how can we satisfy your fitness needs? Yeah. You know, what, what, what's best for you? But I try to emphasize, like, our classes are geared towards your cardiovascular system. Um, you know, and, and all of our workouts are geared towards getting your heart rate up, sustaining it, and then cooling down, getting your heart rate up, sustaining, cooling down. And treating your your heart as a, just another muscle in your body and by working it out consecutively you'll mm-hmm. get gains they may not see physically but you'll see uh physiologically mm-hmm. saying you know uh your resting heart rate I, people tell me all the time your resting heart rate has dropped 15 points from working out with you yeah that's good you know like i've never been injured here like we don't have any injuries here like i i kind of one hand in five years the number of people have been like oh i felt something you know um, so we get really good results for people, but our goals are generally much more focused around their energy levels. And I don't mean like a chi energy level. I mean, right. like you're, you have more energy to work with during the day because you're more fit and you're able to more process your, your body's metabolism better. You're, we talk a lot about like your VO max, like a VO max, it should be a real goal when you work out rather than saying, uh, I could do 22 push-ups rather than 21 push-ups. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a complicated question. Once again, I don't have a great boilerplate answer for you. Um, but yeah, mostly we're, mostly we talk about sustainability of fitness in here. Yeah, no. And that's probably the most important aspect, right? Cause it's not like, you know, every gym owner is different, of course, but you don't want to look at your members as a cash cow, you know, and, and it's important to let them know that fitness is a lifestyle, really, and not try and burn them out and push them to come and, and pay for this package, pay for this package. Um, so, so yeah, that especially with, with rowing, when it's a, you know, a different niche of fitness, that's great that you, that's a direction you go with it. Um, yeah, but even thinking back on just us talking about marketing, do you ever advertise for weight loss online because that would be because that's what spin does right they 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 advertise for weight loss and then online and then they get the members that way is that something you ever thought about or done yeah i thought about it and dismissed it decided i didn't want to do that route um, you didn't want to do that you didn't want people coming in like hey you know i saw your your ad for losing 20 pounds um you know t- type of thing so 100 uh, percent that works yeah but 100%, it's also impossible for me as a gym owner to make it work. Like, I tell people all the time, I said, look, 90% of weight loss is in the kitchen. It's not yeah, in the gym. It's not in the gym. Uh, you know, and if you change your lifestyle and your mindset, you can lose weight doing 
Pilates or yoga or walking or whatever you want to do. Um, and you're not going to lose it particularly faster rowing versus spinning versus whatever. Like I said, it has to be a mindset change. Uh, you're taking too many calories in if you're overweight. Uh, Very true. You, you have to address that issue. Um, so I, I always, I'm always leery about those gyms that lose 10 pounds in 10 weeks kind of thing. Yeah. I'm always like, felt like, because a lot of people, the, the classic mistake most people do is they'll we'll go to the gym more and then they'll eat more. Go to the gym more and then eat more. Uh, and right, it, becomes right. like, it becomes a cycle, you know? Yeah. Like, um, and so when people do ask me about weight loss, I, I always try to refer them to a nutritionist. Um, mm -hmm. And if they just say, look, they corner me and they say, well, I say, well, look, you need to think about what you're taking in versus what you're losing. Uh, rowing as, as our classes are especially geared where we do a cardio class, you don't actually burn a whole ton of calories. Um, we probably burn maybe two or 300 calories a class tops, which is like the tiniest bag of Doritos or two Oreos. It's nothing. Um, but what you will we'll see, though, when you do have a high-intensity class is your heart rate will stay elevated higher over the course of the day. Okay. Which, so you'll actually burn more calories long-term. Yeah. Right. Your metabol metabolism speeds up, right? Metabolism speeds up. And one of the things I always caution people about, they're like, well, then I should really want to do spin class because they burn a lot of calories. And that's true. You might burn 600 calories in a spin class, which is, sounds great. Yeah. But what happens is you actually burn all the carbohydrates out of your system. So need. Uh, and then you're starving afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> so a high intensity class, you're not necessarily particularly hungry after the class. Right. You burned out all your carbs. Um, but yeah, after a, a class like, like a spin class, if you don't have the self-control to not go down and hit the buffet or have three slices of pizza being like, well, I can have the extra slice because I had the spin class. Uh, you'll find that it's just going to be a seesaw weight loss, seesaw weight loss. Um, like I said, it has to be a mindset change if you want to lose weight. So I, I try not to advertise that because I feel like it's false advertising. Yeah, no, no, I totally get that. I was just throwing it out there, popped in my head. Um, no, gym, gym weight loss, that's, yeah, they go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and those are, you know, the mass of customers really is uh, weight loss interested customers. Um, yeah, but definitely. Do you uh, have you ever thought about offering different levels of service within your facility? I know you mentioned um, nutrition and accountability that you would kind of either refer people or tell them to go. Um, do, do you offer different levels of service such as, you know, maybe an affi affiliation program with a massage therapist or maybe selling supplements, um, health and wellness supplements, vitamins, um, apparel? So these are all great ideas. Uh, we had uh, a, a sports massage therapist on staff yeah. for probably about a year. And a lot of people went to her, loved it. Like they would work out with me three days a week, go to her one day a week, kind of like a cycle. Uh, I always thought it'd be great to have a PT on hand. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I have nutritionists that give me their cards and I refer them. Um, and for people that want to do other kind of stuff like, like uh, bodybuilding and stuff like that, I do cross training, like offer, like I reach out to other personal trainers or yeah. other owners in the area. And we do like exchange programs. Like you should look, you want to develop more explosive energy. You should do it in squats. You know, I don't have a squat rack. This is a person you should go see. Um, so I do do a lot of that. Um, 
but I, I don't necessarily have every once in a while we might have energy snacks on the bar, on the bar but like it's not we, we don't necessarily have any uh, uh apparel really is yeah apparel. uh we don't have any like supplements uh these are all these are all great ideas yeah i, I just don't feel like as as i don't have a degree in nutrition i don't feel like i'd be qualified to say you know we need to give you more amino acids you know mm -hmm. we need to, you know we need b supplements um, so I always try to refer people to more expertise, more expertise than I do. Right. I only ask just because, you know, it makes it all that better, especially um, when, when you're trying to grow your members uh, right now to, to be able to have these different levels of service for, you know, let's say you do have your 50 members. I'm sure there's 10% of them that have, one, have the money and two, are willing to pay for better service, you know? So it's always smart to have a, a, an extra level of service for even something like private training, semi-private training. Oh, we, do, um, we do private training. You do, okay. Yeah, quite a, quite a bit of that actually. I have uh, uh, two or three people I, I take care of every other day. Uh, it doesn't sound like much, but like we do, it's like a half, yeah. hour, half hour, half hour. And then we do like uh, kids classes. So like uh, we have like a 10 to 13 year old kids class range. Uh, it's not kind of a standard menu. Uh, but we kind of teach the kids the basics of learning how to row. Uh, we, having been in business now for five years, I can say, you know, I've taught, I've taught someone literally how to row, took classes with me. They joined the crew team in their high school, and then yeah. they want to get a scholarship and in college now. There you go. They're on their varsity team. Like, so, you know, kind of soup to nuts, like we carried them forward. Um, you know, we do get people and get them together and we uh we'll partner with uh, various boat houses so boston is a big rowing community like uh, active crew teams and so i will form a crew team from from basically people that have never been on the water ever and i will hand them off to a, a coach and a coxswain and uh, they'll row one night a week something like that yeah uh, get get the experience and uh Quite a few members. It's, a, it's just like terrible because, like, from a marketing standpoint, I'm just like shooting myself in the foot. But like, I get them on the water, and they're like, "This is so great! I don't ever want to go to the gym again." <laughs> and they get on the water, and like, and like they love me. They're like, "Yeah, Brian's the best," but I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be on the water now. <laughs> and so right. I'm with my team, and like, I don't need you. But um, uh, I, I think to, to be in a business like this, you're really going to be passionate about the business. Though. So I'm super duper passionate about people getting in shape. I'm super passionate about people uh, getting on the water, having that experience with crew. Um, and a lot of times it's not to my own benefit, but I, I can't help myself. I'm just too excited about it. No, no. And that, that's great to hear, um, you know, how much of a passion you have for it. That's fu funny. You said that the, the people who go on the water, they're like, I don't want to go back to the gym. Um, you, you know, that's pretty, pretty good. Uh, one question I do like to ask just because it serves, you know, as a good talking point for those who are listening. Um, but, but what would you say is, you know, your biggest bottleneck you're facing right now? I know COVID took a big hit to a lot of gym owners. Um, so, so what do you think is your biggest bottleneck to, to get to the point where you want to get to? Um, you know, I, I, like I said, I live in a very cautious community. Yeah. Uh, we probably have five hospitals, uh, Boston's famous for hospitals, and like everybody works in the biotech industry. Yeah. Um, and so we have a 
really um, amazing community of professionals, but are they're all very super cautious. And so that that's the bottleneck. So even now where COVID cases in Massachusetts are, you know, we're down to like 500 cases across the whole state per day. Yeah. Uh, so you, you spread it out, it's like two cases in Brookline or five cases in Brookline, something like that. It's like a real small number, you know? Um, it's not that people aren't still getting it, but like the numbers have come way, way, way down and people are still not coming out. So the bottleneck is just their comfort level. And once their comfort level, I think returns to normal, um, once COVID becomes the new flu, you know, or like it's not a big deal anymore, um, that I think they don't they think we'll return to normal. That's really, yeah. that's where they're hold up. And that leads perfectly to, you know, where you pivoted, uh, you know, and started your separate company that's really a, a virtual uh, rowing company for those people that maybe are scared to come to your facility or, you know, go outside. Now you kind of diversified to, to this. You want to talk about that a little more, just your virtual rowing company? So, sh sure. So um, a huge aspect of what we do here is actually uh, charity. Like we raise a ton of money for charities. Honestly, I've made more money for charities than I make for myself. <laughs> um, and um, every fall and spring, we'd hold these huge charity challenges where we get all our members to compete against each other and row, 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 okay. try to like uh, see so which team gets the most meters and that team, their charity would get all the money, right? Um, and we did that for about two or three years and it, it was a really big deal here and people loved it. We have a big party afterwards and then COVID hit and, and I said, well, we obviously can't do our normal charity challenge anymore. I said, why don't we do a virtual one? And so I, I said, uh, I, did, I checked the record books and I'm gonna give you a little longer history than maybe you're interested in, but I checked the record books and the longest relay row ever was set in New Zealand and it was 2.8, maybe 3 million meters over the course of a long weekend. Yeah. Right? Uh, maybe like a really long, maybe like a, I think it was like five or six days. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> and I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty impressive. Let's see if we can do 10 million. And, which turned out to take about a month. And um, our, uh, I organized everybody together and I set up a Zoom account. And I said, everybody has rowing machines to join. And, and all I ask is you just, we go back to back to back to back, right? You, so Alex would come on the TV and I'd be like, hey Alex, I'm taking over and I'd start rowing. And then you'd shut off. And the yeah. next person would come on and they'd take over. We'd shut off and there was a handoff. We did a virtual handoff for 10 million meters over the course of the month. The, wow. the longest relay ever done. And uh, people were like, wow, that was great. I love it. And they're like, let's do something else. I was like, wow, I don't want to do So I did, I did like a short, re a short race of like a million meters and people have teams and they virtually raced against each other. And they're like, we love it. Let's do something really crazy. And I was like, oh, really crazy. Okay. How about if we, because now COVID's really bad now, right? Yeah. And like places empty. Like we actually shut down for a little while. Not only like shut down, but like just basically just virtual classes. And, uh, and I was like, okay, let's do something really crazy. Let's row around the world. And everybody's like, wow, can we even do that? I was like, I don't know, let's give it a try. And so I hired some consultants to like, give me some ideas about how I could set this up. And we used Google meetings instead of Zoom because Google meetings could stay open for a whole week. They mm -hmm. could at the time and they don't do it anymore. But at the time they'd stay open for a whole week. Um, and then we set up like a Google calendar and I recruited like about 150 people to sign up for this. And, and like they put slots and I had people from all around the world like, 
Australia and Russia and Italy and France and England and Canada. We were in like 13 or 14 countries, Brazil, like all over the world. And uh, they would just take shifts and we rode back to back to back virtually all the way around the world, starting in Boston, 40, 40 million meters. And it took four and a half months. And we set all kinds of world records. We set three world records. That's super longest, cool. Longest continuous relay, longest human relay, and longest. It just it was really exciting, right? And then people were like, oh, okay, what's next? And I was like, boy, I should probably start a company doing this and charge people if yeah. people really like it. Yeah. And so this last fall, I kind of officially started what we call border rowers. And and we started this called Rowers Without Borders to support Doctors Without Borders. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've we've raised about $25,000 for Doctors Without Borders in the last year and a half. So a pretty substantial amount at this point. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, so Rowers Without Borders became Border Rowers uh, <laughs> because like, you know, we don't, I don't know, it just, it just rolls off the tongue better. Yeah, roll, rolled off the tongue better. No, and, no. That's super cool. Really smart. Um, how you pivoted uh, for your industry? Do do you ever think about um, you know gr- growing, continue to grow either your facility or this? Uh, yeah, I know you're in more of a niche market. Would you? Are you trying to get you know, let's say, a second location or continue to grow this virtual program? So yes, on all accounts. Okay. Uh, we were we were looking at new places pre-COVID. We were killing it. And we were looking yeah. at a second place in Cambridge. Okay. Um, and uh, and I was actually looking at, I had like two or three people that were interested in franchising my place prior to COVID. And yeah. All that went away, of course. Um, uh, and then the Border Rowers has been such terrific fun. I just love it. Um, like my whole job is to come up with crazy challenges for people to do. Like the first challenges we rode, the Mississippi River. And like you could start in Chicago, which isn't technically Mississippi, but whatever, or, yeah. or St. Louis. And like if you if you didn't think you could row the whole thing, you start in St. Louis, and you'd race down the river. And then people were like, "Oh, that's awesome!" And I was like, "Okay, let's do another one. Let's row like we're Vikings, and and we'll row from Norway to Newfoundland, right? And you row as a team, and the team just records all the meters. They're racing against each other. So we have like uh, twenty teams, like eighty people doing it right now. It's, it's not a ton of people, but like. This could easily be 800 people next time, though, you know, yeah. just grows, grows, grows. And like we set up a Facebook group and uh, people are like, people are rowing with helmets on and like everybody's making T-shirts with like Vikings logos on them. And, and like became a community. It's, it's become a whole community. People yeah. absolutely love it. And uh, and they're super fun. And, and like the people are meeting people they wouldn't necessarily meet and like they have a great time. And so then we're going to do another one. In the, in the fall, but I, I've actually thought about it. I'm trying to actually hire consultants to develop software specifically to fill the niche for this. So right now we have very primitive software we're using, but we'd love to have like an app where you, your phone connects to the, to the monitor of your rowing machine and just automatically records your meters and you, you get, get a notification. And you get like, you know, notifications like text yeah. notifications like some team just passed you and like, oh my god i gotta go row some more um, <laughs> super, so, super. yeah so that that's the goal we're hoping to get that done by september so yeah we're really leaning hard into the 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 idea that that, that this is a real legitimate business too okay okay really smart and and yeah so if you could look at 
you know, your your goals for the next six to 12 months uh, with your rowing facility, uh, what, what would you say you see yourself at the end of 2022? Uh, I think the end of 2022 will be uh, kind of like a, that'll be our chance to restart. Like things are happening right now. We're slowly growing, slowly growing 5%, 5%, 5%. But I feel like this time next year, because unfortunately we had, uh, you know, this Omicron variant hit in January, which is like when, wrong, when all the studios go crazy, right? So you add all these new members and stuff like that. And then it sort of peters off from summer and then builds yeah. back up again. So we missed our whole busy season this year. Um, and so we missed January, February, and like part of March. And then like things open up in March. We did okay in March and April is kind of okay. Um, so yeah, I, I foresee like the end of 2022 is like a restart, like a real refresh for us. Uh, and now I have this new business with border rowers. Uh, I'd like to see them. I'd like to bring all the old members back to the studio, but then get 10 times the members go from 80 to 800 in border rowers and really like launch that. And yeah. Real thing, you know. No, that's cool, Brian. I'm excited. I, I hope you dominate your niche. Um, me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah. It, it sounds it, it sounds like you have a good foot in it, you know, and a and a good good opportunity there. Um, yeah, but I appreciate it, and I think you know that's a good place to start to wrap things up on this episode. Um, but before we do sign out, please give a shout out to your website or social media pages, um, just so the listeners can find some more info on you and your gym. So. Uh, once again, uh, we are power rowing. We're in Brookline, Mass. Um, we've been here about five years. Uh, we're, we're a small studio, but we're like the best place you'll ever be. You'll love it here. You get to meet everybody. Uh, it's a really, really tight community. Uh, the people that come here just can't get enough of it. So give us a try. You're going to love it. Awesome. Thank you again, Brian. Uh, you know, I appreciate your time and look forward to seeing what you could accomplish down the road. Um, and to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Uh, as for the listeners, don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you are interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, uh, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back, guys, to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we dive in the trenches with gym owners. We talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly sides of the business of fitness. I'm your host, Austin Montero. Today, we are joined by Bethany Blackader of Hometown Fitness in Chiefland, Florida. Bethany, how are you doing? Good, thank you. Great to have you on today. Appreciate you coming and sharing sharing your story, talking about hometown fitness and just you know your experience with being an entrepreneur in this fitness space, if you will. So let's just start there. Um, what led you to start this business? You know, some six plus years ago now, going on your seventh year, and what was that experience like for you? And why did you decide to do this? 
All right. We, um, my husband and I, James, um, we are partners in the gym. We've actually done other business before taking over the gym. So we definitely had the business experience down, but not in the fitness industry. Um, we had, we're a small local, you know, town. There was a gym that was already established that they were actually closing and somebody came to us and hoped that we would keep it going, take over. Um, so when we were approached, it was more interested by my husband. Um, he actually at a young age went into the gym, one of those real skinny needed to build and bulk. And he one day said, um, I'm gonna own a gym. And it was interesting how the whole circle kind of came about. So the timing of when they approached us and um, the investment part of it, it seemed like perfect time. So we decided to take that over. Um, I actually, before that, worked in the um, healthcare. So it was kind of interesting for me as well because then I thought, well, it's still helping people improve their health and their well being. So him and I both went into it. Uh, we are just now starting our seventh year. So we took over a business that was about to close and um, we are seven years. That's awesome. Yeah. Congrats on that. Uh, how long was that, was that business there before you guys took it over? Um, not very long. I don't know exactly the, um, you know, time that they opened, but there was a gym prior at another location and they just didn't seem like they were working in our area. And, um, then this, uh, gym opened at the location that we're at. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know, maybe it was two years at the most. I want to say maybe not even quite that two year mark, um, when they were actually open to the public. So they um, were gonna close and um, we actually closed the location um, two months before New Year's. So we did a whole close down, rebrand, remodeled, um, new equipment. We did a lot within a two month period to open January 1st. Yeah, that was gonna be my next question. If, if you guys okay, rebranded yep. it and kind of, so you're reading my mind, it was great. Rebranded, brought <laughs> some things in. So um yeah, let's give us give us and the listeners like a virtual I guess walkthrough if you would Bethany like of sure. fitness. I know we spoke a little bit briefly off camera, but yeah, what's like uh, the vibe look like the space set up? What are we doing? What are we working with here? Um, we started out with our main gym, so you would come in as a guest um, to our main gym area, which is really broke up. It's an open room, but it's broke up into three sections. Uh, we've got our full cardio equipment area from treadmills, ellipticals, steppers. Um, to the middle section that is your machine weights and then you also have a free weight side over there so you walk in to a welcome area the desk there you know kind of go through the setup and explaining the gym um, and then in our main gym we also to the left there was an open area that we started out just using people could you know use for ab work or other workouts just to have a little more open space that um we were thinking it was gonna be more men, um, heavy lifting, things like that. And um, not far into it, we actually realized that we had probably more interest from women than we did men. Um, so we had to kind of step back and regroup. And that's when we decided the um, classroom was a good fit. Yeah. Well, the big room was a good fit to turn into a classroom. Um, even though we had interest from the ladies, maybe not as comfortable coming into a gym setting as the men. Um, so we were able to actually use that room and that's where we now hold fitness classes. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. 
So you guys saw the demand there for classes. So we, we added that on. Absolutely. Yep, we did. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about um, the, the different membership services that you do offer at Hometown. Uh, I know we have the main gym, we have the classes, we have the sweat box piece we talked about earlier off air. Just talk to us about the services that you do offer. Right. And again, we when we started business-wise, we were in business, so we had that, but not necessarily the fitness. Learning what works and doesn't work, as well as what does for our area and won't for another area. Chiefland, Florida is definitely, um, it's a very small country area. So it took some time to really grow. I can see why the other gyms in the area did not work out. Um, you know, you have to have the want as well for that, you know, business in our area, a very small population. Um, not everybody has always been very mindful of their health and well-being physically and you know so it, it was a challenge <laughs> um, but that took us into seeing stepping back and really looking at what the inquiries were as people came in um, so we did start out with just your basic um, gym membership so we started out doing um, our hometown basic that's just any client that wants to come in and do like a monthly membership and we did your um, local hero rates so like teachers, law enforcement. So we gave rates, you know, discounts for that as well as um, any military base. So we would do something separate for them. Um, and at that point we did that, I wanna say maybe a two year period. And then we actually added in, um, you could add on the classes for just, you know, an individual fee. Um, and then again, still growing and seeing what works, what doesn't. We actually went into an all-inclusive. So we did the membership and classes, everything was all included. So you just paid a, a monthly membership and that gave you unlimited classes, gym, that kind of thing. So it, it kind of made it a little easier for business, um, but still enough that it balanced out to make sense to do it all, you know, all together. Yeah, for sure, yeah, that made total sense. Talk to me about uh, Chiefland, Florida. You said it's a small town, kind of a country vibe. What's the population about there in Chiefland? Um, population is about, and this is with people moving to Florida, about 12,000. Okay. <laughs> okay. Lots of yeah. fields. Yeah. yeah, very small. Oh, yeah, so a smaller town for sure. What about any, any bigger towns like surrounding, or is it that just kind the, of area? Yeah, the bigger areas for us is going to be more Gainesville, Florida, um, which is a good solid 40 minutes to an hour. Um, so Gainesville, Florida, University of Florida, that's the yeah. closest bigger area to us um, yeah. in Ocala. So really definitely just, you know, a big difference from an hour away to yeah, five or 10 minutes, you know, yeah. <laughs> it makes a difference for sure. It totally makes a difference. So being in a small town, so like you said, it's, uh, you know, the awareness naturally may not be there for health and fitness, at least maybe at the top of the list. What are you guys doing to get uh, new faces in the door? What is what has that been like? What has that strategy and marketing strategy been like? Right for our area, um, getting into the community. Okay. Um, if it's like we've got some chamber of commerce here where you can get connected with local businesses, um, the city, getting your name out there, allowing them to know what you offer. Um, and then locating different places around if it's um, doctor's offices, that's one thing that we've kind of, you know, paired with um, letting them know, you know, what we have available. Sure. And um, so really getting out in the community was our first step 
to try to bring people in to let them know there was something new. Word of mouth is definitely, I would say the biggest, you know, there's other advertisements and ways that we've drawn in, but definitely building up that community and word of mouth is, I would say, out of everything, the number one right. tool. Yeah. yeah, word of mouth is yeah always a great thing. They can be our best, you know, can be our best marketers, you know, if if we use it correctly. Do you have any system in place, uh, Bethany, like to let's say maximize word of mouth, for lack of better terms, like as far as saying. Like you have 10 awesome members and you sit down with them each month and say, Hey, if you bring in a new member, I'll give you a free month or something or any kind of, any kind of system we, like referral right. base or to use that word of mouth, even, even to more of an advantage. Yeah. Yep. Um, like I said, at the beginning, we took over a business that was existing, um, but completely closed it. Um, new business. It wasn't known as hometown fitness, but um, at that time we were able to um, have access to the old uh, mailing list of the clients that at one point were active or were still active. So what we did at the very beginning is we did postcards. Um, well, you know, a hello, bring a postcard in to get a certain amount off of, you know, your setup and sign up membership with us. And that honestly was a real big hit that definitely helped um, get people in the door and we'll do different promotions throughout the year. If we offer something new, we'll usually do a room, like a refer, you know, bring a friend. Um, they'll get the first workout free and do something like that for an initiative to kind of help, you know, the existing client with their membership, as well as at least letting somebody come in and try the environment. If it's the gym or the class and see if it, if it fits for them. Yeah, so I have two questions on that. Yeah, that makes total sense. Uh, kind of try before you buy, for lack of better words, if you yeah, will. Yeah. Is that the initial offer? Um, basically, the free, uh, free day or two, or if they want to come try a class, free class. How, what does the initial offer look like for a new person coming in? Right. Yep. Anybody new, we um, let we set them up just like they would be um, an existing client or you know member of the gym. Um, one, they you already have their information. Um, so say if they only do their free workout and they don't come back, we're able to have their contact information, their phone number, email address, so that if we want to send them a postcard. Thank you for coming in. Um, we also have a manager that works with us um, in the gym and she'll do welcome calls. You know, hey, just go over stuff, make sure they, you know, um, know how we function as the gym um, for safety precautions, cleaning, and, and to make sure that they know what's all available for them. And at that point too, we do get the opportunity to get feedback, you know, good and bad, we, you want both. So you can learn how to grow as a business. Right. And, um, you know, use that to help, you know, if there's things that you need to adjust or things that you see that, you know, you have functioning in the right direction, then just good confirmation. Yeah. How important to you is having that manager like on location? Yes, yeah, she, um, Karen is our manager with us and she has been with us, honestly, um, I would say just a couple months after we opened, oh, wow. um, she just started, yeah, she just started with us part-time and um, she is with us full time now and definitely um, it's getting the right people in the right positions for what our goals are. It's going to make everything run and function a lot better if you have, you know, a good working team. <laughs> 100%. We need the team to be able to scale. So like that's so important. So, um, so Karen's uh, roles, responsibilities would be to lead, nurture, if you will, the new people coming in through the door. Correct. 
Uh, what what else mm -hmm. do you have the manager do there for your for hometown fitness? Um, she um, is on hands. She likes the fitness part of it as well. So I mean, she definitely is. You would say the mother hen of the business. So she's with me. She like you know definitely the welcome committee. Yeah, yeah. Um, the good and the bad. You know you have to have that person that puts the rules in line as well as you know greeting and and being encouraging and everything. So she helps be that she's the face when I'm, you know, if I'm teaching or if I'm busy with people, then she helps assist me throughout the day as well. Awesome. So she helps with that as well as her and I will tag team to um, train staff that we have with us. Um, we've tried to keep our later, our second shift, so to speak, um, some of our high schoolers just to give them an opportunity to do something except you know, a lot of times fast food is usually, you know, the kids first learning experience. So we will work a lot of times with the high schools um, and have that second shift person, some, you know, with the high schoolers. So we also work with training them to make sure that they're, we're still able to keep everything functioning as a good business. That's awesome. I think that's great. It was one of my first jobs back in the day was, uh, you know, awesome. working the yeah. gym. Yep, exactly. In my hometown, no pun intended. So that's pretty good. Um, uh, before we go ahead, Bethany, I just want to talk about just the uh, advertising piece. Have you guys played with uh, digital marketing, paid advertising, Facebook, Instagram, Google, any of that stuff for Hometown Fitness? Um, with Hometown, we have a website that we use. Um, we post our information, and that um, is good for informative, but not necessarily as much advertisement. But we do use social media. That is definitely... Um, the new newspaper, so to speak. Um, everything's online. Um, so we have done um, your Facebook ads, uh, the boost ads, and that sort of advertisement. Mm -hmm. How has that looked for you um, as far as using a boosted post or, you know, what, what is it, what has the experience been like overall for you? Um, it, it's been good. It's definitely we've like we're local they have a local paper we've tried that definitely not in these days and age benefit you know you got to go with the with the times so that facebook um advertisement has been very good um a lot of the community here uses that um to inform you know the community of what's going on in events so to be able to get in front of people um, we use the Facebook advertisement, but we also will do um, raffles and stuff. So if it's uh, share a, every time you share a, the page or the post, something new that we have going on, because who's on my friend list may not be on your friend list. So if we can reach more people, then um, better, you know, that we're doing. So we're all working together. Um, so we'll do different raffles. Um, if you share the page for every post. If there's 30 posts, your name gets in the jar for, you know, 30 names. Um, if you only share it five, your name gets in for five. And we'll do a little free giveaway if it's um, a free, you know, training or shaker cup or just everybody likes something free. <laughs> of course, yeah, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. I love that uh, kind of, yeah, everybody wins in that capacity. So, yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. Appreciate sharing that. Bethany, so like, yeah, we're in a small town. Uh, I imagine retentions at the top of the list here of priorities from the business uh, standpoint. Um, so what are you guys doing to, you know, keep members engaged uh, and uh, whether it's events or some sort of, sort of way to communicate with them out when they're not in the gym, whether it's these Facebook groups or texting or email or, you know, right. overall, overall philosophy for retention. What does that look like? 
For attention, we've got um, a program that we use for like our retail on um, that we're also able to use for emails. Um, that's good to, you know, keep those coming in. Um, if you want to do check-ins that way, you can send automatic emails that way. Um, we missed you or, you know, just little reminders of make sure you get your workout in, you know, the best workout, you know, the just different things to be able to communicate through them through email. But um, we also definitely use um, our Facebook and Instagram page to communicate through um, for client base as well. But um, we, I am there um, most of the week, Monday through Thursday, Karen's there Monday through Friday. So we really, I tell people when we train, I said, some people are here to work out. Some are here to socialize and work out a little. Yeah. Um, so we definitely, um, communicate well with our clients. Um, we always say you then become the HDF family, which is hometown fitness family. Um, so you build community within a community. Um, even in the gym. So we break it up. The classes are good because we've got um, myself, we've got a spin instructor, yoga instructor. We now have a martial arts. So we're able to add some kid programs as well um, for exercise and enjoyment. And it's getting though, again, those head people in line with groups. Right. So you have your full gym, but to build up those relationships a little more one-on-one, -on -one, break it down into smaller groups. And then you are introducing yourself to them a little more intimately, but as well as introducing other clients to other clients that have the same interest of working out and exercise. Um, at the gym, we always say there's not a one size fits all, so to speak, in gym. Um, we always encourage each person to find what type of exercise they enjoy the most. Um, Karen is our manager, but she is a cardio queen. I tell people, if you want cardio experience, go to Karen. If you want to do weights, talk to me. Um, you know, so we definitely break it up so that they build their little groups within the gym itself. Sure. Makes total sense. Yeah. Bethany, with the, with the gym breakdown of like just uh, regular membership, class membership, personal training, um, what do you think, what is like the split as far as percentage wise of members who just do, who just do the open gym and then the members that take advantage of the classes and the PT, if you, if you had to break it up into percentages? Right. Um, we used to, at the very beginning, um, I would say uh, three years in, we were about two years then we were still doing you could percentages you could pay one or the other you could have just the gym membership um, for the month or you could you know pay for a class bundle as well and we actually changed it where your monthly payment we did up it there was an increase um i think by like ten dollars um is whenever we did the price increase but we it made a little more sense to do that and just do all included so when you pay monthly you have access to everything um so before i would definitely say it took a little time i would say the gym membership was up more um maybe like i would even say an 80 20 um 80 percent gym 20 percent classes um, but then again, that's where we did more of the um, invite a friend, try the workout, really broke it up, and that drew people in. So we have pretty full classes. We've um, had to extend um, one of our extreme fit classes to two. Um, now we have one morning, two evening, 
you know, so um, as well as our um, older adult program, I actually just added a third class for that. <laughs> cool. um, so we started with one and we are built up to three classes just for that class itself. So I would say we're pretty well, um, almost pretty well balanced between the gym usage and the classes. It does help with the classes because what we try to do is we will schedule class times to what seems best for the clients, but also where we can pull away from the main gym for those that just want to be in the gym. They want their space. They want to work out and use that busy time to have a class in the classroom since it's separate and then also even have a class over at the extreme fit side, sweat box side. Um, and then the classes, it also helps teach them how to use the equipment, you know, how to put a workout together, that sort of thing. So that when they do work out on their own, they have some guidance of, you know, where to do and what to, how to start. It makes total sense. Yeah. Do you find the uh, members that, that take class regularly end up staying longer as a member in the gym? I would say so, definitely, um, because again, you're getting that built connection, but you're also teaching them. You have that at time to really, you know, to show them properly. And when they know what to do, they see results. So you're going to see that consistent membership. Yeah, hundred percent. If you're, yeah, if you're going to take the time and even, you know, invest in your membership monthly, you want to see and feel the, the improvements and the results. 100%, yeah, 100%. Definitely want to be able to track that. And with, with the classes piece, just to stay on a little bit longer, um, if I were to take a class, is there a sign-up process so it gives us that layer of accountability? Or how do you guys- Exactly. Manage? Yeah, so you guys, you guys have a sign-up for class? Yeah. We, we do. Usually what we do is when somebody comes in, um, they're greeted at the front desk and we always usually ask them, um, start it with a tour. We show them what's available to them. So we go through the gym so they can see the layout, where everything is, and then they can get a full view of what's available for them. Um, and then we actually do um, paperwork, um, gets their information, a hold harm to everybody responsible for their own being. Um, so that if it's, they're in there for their first free workout or class, or if they're gonna be a member, yeah. paperwork wise, everything is done business wise that we need on our end as well. Sure, for sure, makes total sense. Um, from a technology standpoint, so obviously it's 2022, Technology is a big part of fitness, right? And we have uh, a lot of online stuff and we have, uh, you know, the Pelotons of the world and we have all these apps and everything. Uh, mm -hmm. How are you guys using technology within the business right now? And if uh, to add things too, but yeah, what, what's it like right now and anything you're looking to add? Right. So far, we definitely haven't jumped into the, that part of it very much for the online. I definitely see a need for it. Um, so it is something that we are in the works to at least go ahead and take the time to sit down, you know, come up with a plan and see what we would need to do to add and change those things. Because within, you know, this time, that is something that we could see a need for um, and possibly even build a whole, you know, online clientele as well as in person. So nothing has been done yet. Um, Besides just, you know, some people that we have member wise hopping in on, you know, a, a Zoom call or a FaceTime. I mean, you know, we definitely have done that. Um, Karen, I said she's our cardio. She is a spin fanatic. I've actually taken um, some Peloton spin classes and I've taken her spin class and 
honestly, I told her, I'm like, if you could go to New York, you would be JAMA because um, she's a good spin instructor. So we've all even get on, you know, using my computer with her to do spin over Peloton. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's really cool. Did you hear, Bethany, uh, did you read what what some of those Peloton spin instructors are earning a year, like salary-wise? It's crazy. It is. Dollars. Yeah. yeah. Like, man, I should have. Should have been a spin. Right, exactly. Maybe right. I should learn to like cardio more. Yeah. Now. <laughs> wow, it's, it's, it's amazing and good for them. It is. So, uh, yeah, incredible. Very cool. Um, so, obviously, we have the memberships, right? We have PT. Any other revenue streams that you guys have as far as like nutrition or supplements or, you know, merchandise or anything else you may have going on, events, that sort of thing? Yep. Um, we have done, we definitely have added, um, after COVID, we haven't got into it as much. I definitely want to get back into it and continue. Um, We did some merchandise more. um, We did t-shirts, shaker cups, but we definitely want to add in more of your merchandise purchase, you know, for the, at the gym. Um, Gym bags is a good thing. You can use your gym bag. It's great, you know, for people to bring their stuff, but it's also a great walking advertisement as well. You know, so it's a two win-win situation there. So we did, we haven't got back into it as much, um, but we we definitely have got a little bit started and plan to do more with merchandise. Um, supplements we do as well. Um, we've actually opened up to um, an individual that he is a rep with a company, um, letting him do some of the sales as well, since he is one of our instructors and then we do supplements out of our gym as well. Um, we, let's see, I would say two years now, we've actually, we've got an area that is a small kitchen that's certified with the state. So we are actually um, a nutrition club in that um, area. So we can do uh, single served made protein shakes, right. um, which is great for, you know, after workout, get you sure. source of protein in within that 30 minute time clock um so we do see um single serve shakes there um as well as a um healthy alternative for like an energy drink so we've got your post and your pre okay okay that's awesome yeah so obviously a super important part pre post workout to have and awesome that you guys are able to offer there at the gym makes makes you unique obviously adds another level of service and product for you mm-hmm. um bethany with hometown fitness so yeah, you know, we have a great idea of how you guys started what, what's going on there uh, what you've done to get members in the door. I didn't ask you this part yet. I'm kind of going to skip back a little bit, but um, events, do you have any scheduled events that you do during the course of the year that, you know, you sort to engage clients more obviously with the communication outside of class, like charity events or, you know, any other kind of events that are on the calendar that people are, that people look forward to that they're uh, looking forward to going to and, and talking about within the club. Right. We've got um, stuff that we'll do outside events. Um, we've done um, some fitness days, wellness days, um, pretty much get out and move. We've got some um, parks here in the area that we can get out at the Springs. Um, there's a just an oh, it's um, like a state park. So there's things that we can get out in the community, um, do active family days that that way. So everybody can participate at whatever level. 
um, as well as local events. There's um, some venues that they do. Um, one is in June coming up that we plan to attend. It's um, what we call here is a watermelon festival. Again, we are in the city, so you've got fields of watermelon, which is a good hydration, good source, a good carb. Um, but uh, the farmers all come together and they do this big watermelon festival. So we'll have a booth and um, just allow people to know what we have available, um, get out in the community, just enjoy, you know, the people there. So that's an event that we're going to do more informative than, you know, necessarily physical aspect of it. But um, family event days is something that we have done a couple of times and we do plan to do more of. We're going to do the next one come fall. Um, with COVID, it definitely, things got off schedule and you've got to, you know, step back and kind of view and regroup on how to get everything back to what we were built up to, you know, before that. So getting those steps in to get everything in place. Definitely. And, uh, we brought up the C word, so let's just talk about it really quick. Um, to kind of switch flips, switch gears here. Anything you learned from a business standpoint during COVID that you've utilized now? I know a lot of gyms that I've talked to like didn't have class signups before and then had to have it and they still use it. And obviously, it adds a layer of accountability. Anything that you did, or even like a mindset approach that you've learned throughout the last two years that uh, is able to help kind of propel you into the future with the business? Yeah, it definitely was a very trying time yeah. for business. Um, and we definitely now we do, um, if we do any group settings, we take precaution and different things that just to give people a, a comfort of being, you know, participating in a, in a group setting. But um, we definitely do signups so that we can plan um, for the size class, as well as if we do need to contact somebody you know, hey, so-and-so has, you know, been, had some symptoms. We want to let you guys know ahead of time just so you can take, you know, health um, importance. But it also helps with attendance, you know, so we can make sure, you know, that you've got enough equipment, um, everything's set up properly, you know, for the size class that you have. So we do signups for that. Um, it's not, you, people can show up as long as we have the space. They're still welcome to come. But it definitely is something we started after that that we continue to do. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think a lot of stuff we can learn from that and, uh, you know, utilize going forward. So that's, that's terrific. So, um, Bethany, the next 12 months for Hometown Fitness, what are you and James looking to accomplish here? Any big goals that we're going to, you know, knock out of the park and kind of level up here over the next year? We do. Um, we, our next goal, honestly, we were in business prior to, you know, having the fitness business, but um, we wanted to have building blocks, get things set and secure. Um, we do have another property that is ours commercial property. So in the future, we want to, within the next 12 months, we want to at least um, have some blueprints and a plan in, you know, in place to actually eventually build on our property. It's still here in Chiefland, not very far at all, but it, at that point will help us growth wise. I would say we're pretty, we're at our max capacity, even with the three units that we are at um, now. Um, but for further growth of the business, for our next add-on that we want to see, you know, Hometown Fitness grow to, um, it would make more sense in our own facility since we have the, the land to be able to make that possible um, already. But um, there's, we want to eventually at that point, 
mark once we have the room to build um, to actually contact a few of the um, physical therapy places here in town, which we already have to a degree. There's two of those that we'll do like a referral um, business with, but it's been more for the older adults. Um, so once they're done with therapy, they have that next option. So um, it's just not go to therapy, sit on the couch, um, you know, so they, so that's something we've already started, but to really pair up with some um, therapy, we, would see the need to make sure that we have more room to make it more functional to add that next step in. So 12 months, at least have blueprints and an idea of that direction of the future so that we can start getting all of that set in stone. Yeah, for sure, that's that's awesome. How, how much bigger, what size of square footage is the space right now? Uh, I am not 100% sure, to be honest. <laughs> um, that would definitely be a James question. Um, we started out with one um, unit, which is our main gym, and we added um, the two units. So we have a we rent right now three units to keep what we have, um, you know, to make it functional at the time. But um, definitely, I know the new build just a rough estimate. It looks like we're gonna go about 40 to 60 width and then 120 um, depth. So we'll have a decent, definitely nice area to, yeah, to build sure. a good future. So like, yeah, 7,000-ish square feet in that ballpark, which would be right. that, which would be pretty awesome, yeah. And um, so you said you're pretty much at capacity now, Bethany. What is, what's capacity for you guys look like? For our space that we have and the team that we're working with, because with what we have, I don't want just running numbers through, you know, my ultimate goal is to get the signups, get the members and have them sustained yeah, um, more. Of course, you need that from the business aspect of it. Um, to keep it running and to be able to give them new equipment and growth, but um, to also build that, you know, relationship with your clients. And we definitely, I, I feel have, um, it's crazy to think, but when we took it over, it was a little scary taking it over and not knowing that side of it, but there was only about 80 active clients when we took the gym over. Um, and I just looked, um, and we are at, um, 651 is what we are at right now. And that's again, in a small, small town where not everybody takes mindful of their health and wellness, but um, definitely have grown um, and been pretty consistent. Um, you have those that come sign up and they leave, but for the most part, we have definitely built, you know, consistent members. Awesome, yeah, I mean, 650 plus members is pretty incredible um, in your space. What do you think is the key to that success of getting to that number of people? Um, anything you can kind of point a finger to and say that's really we do that really well or that's you know a key to success here? Um, I definitely would say building the relationship yeah. uh, with the client, you know, with the clients. Um, I tell people um, it's crazy. I do some of the instructing classes and I always tell them, I say, I apologize if it takes me a little bit to remember your name, but my three ways of remembrance, I'll always remember your face. I will then remember your body of injury so I can make sure that your health is, you know, at, at its most importance. And then I'll work on your name. But, um, <laughs> we definitely build up that clientele 
Um, and everybody, like if it's using a hashtag or if it's, you know, just talking in general, everybody says, welcome, you know, to the HTF family. So it's getting the right arms and branches from you, which is James and I, um, and hometown fitness and adding in those main important instructors so that we work as a team to, we then learn, then they learn and we grow as a, as a gym, but you know, as a good clientele that you, you know, that face, you know, that name, and they're not just a member. Right. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I think that's all, all key points and key su success. Like I, I, like we brought, like we said, um, this question here is something I've been asking some people lately. And it's something I always think about. And it's like so many ways to pay yourself as a, as a business owner and a gym owner. Um, you don't have to go into crazy detail, but how do you guys, you and James uh, pay yourself from the business? I know we can take a draw. We can take, uh, part of the profit we can pay ourselves right and we do there's so many ways to do it um and i'm sure it's changed over the course of the last seven years but how do you guys go, you guys go about paying yourself um now we do we draw a paycheck we do a paycheck from the gym um and then uh since i do instruct the classes um i give it time because it's your business. You want to baby it and build it up. So I'm not quick to just take, um, if I need to just teach, you know, for a while and then do that instructor fee. Um, I do that more because I want to be able to see it grow and build it up. Um, so, but also it's your time. That's one thing you can't ever get back. Um, you invest in them, they invest in you. So I do, um, an instructor pay, um, for myself. Um, and when James was teaching him as well, just a per class is what we would do depending on, you know, the amount of people in the class. Um, but at the very beginning, we started it knowing that we would probably need to sit on that investment for a little while. So, I mean, we thankfully we had another source of income that was our bread and butter. So for a you know, good little while, we didn't, you know, take actually anything from the gym because we wanted to build it up and keep it sustained. So we were very thankful that we were able to do that, to be able to build it up and allow that, you know, little cushion to be able to build up before we actually received a paycheck from our business. 100%, yeah. Lead with revenue, right? We don't want to take the money out if, if it's not there, right? Yeah, I remember when I first started, I had a, yeah, working a second job to kind of get the gym up and rolling and, you know, right. doing, doing what you have to do in the beginning. Um, mm -hmm. What, uh, so you're still training classes, coaching classes, which is great. Do you foresee yourself, Bethany, doing that uh, for the long term, or do you see your do you see your role day to day changing once you do move to this new facility down the road in a year or two? And uh, how do you foresee your role going you know, into the future? Right. Um. Actually, I just had something come up last week that made me realize like I need to build more me's. There, you know, yeah. to help grow it. Um, definitely, I'm only one person can only do so much and be, you know, so many places at one time. So this last week, we had a situation where I've actually had to take on um, two classes, two more classes. Um, so it's, I definitely see myself still being involved in the classes and the training of them, but not taking on as much. Um, definitely, adding more people that have the want and the interest to see people improve physically and mentally honestly you know you're it's not just a physical aspect um, in the gym but um that's usually what gets them there and then they realize that there's a lot more to offer than just that 
But um, so definitely building a team, which we have, you know, we've added people um, and I see the importance of that, but still being involved because I want to have that client owner relationship. So definitely still staying active as an instructor, but building more instructors the way that I see our area needs them. Yeah, I love it. I think that's the best of both worlds and a great place to to grow to, you know, I love it. So uh, I think that's a great place to uh, to wrap this up. Uh, Bethany, where can the listeners check you out on uh, your website, your social media? Where can we find what you, what you have going on there? Absolutely. Um, our website is actually under htfextreme.com. And then for Instagram, as well as Facebook is what we're on for the gym. And you can find that at hometown fitness um, slash htfextreme. Okay. And we did that, started out as Hometown Fitness and then added on the Sweatbox, which is our Extreme Fit class. So we've kind of started to branch the two together. Yeah, awesome. I love it. Love it. Appreciate you for coming on, sharing your story. I yeah, wish you guys the best of luck now and then with this hopefully move to a brand new facility down the road here, which would be terrific. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story with us. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity. You got it. And to all the listeners, we appreciate you guys as well. Please hit like and subscribe be notified for future episodes and as always until next time jim lords we are out thank you for listening to the podcast so far don't go anywhere we still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors the jim lords podcast is sponsored by prestige labs prestige labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners prestige labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced the broken inventory model low commissions and even lower quality products Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, Jim? Back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Brandon from MTX Fitness in Malakoff, Texas. What's up, Brandon? How are you today? Good. How are you? doing well thank you for taking the time to join us i appreciate it absolutely all right so let's get right into the details here wasting no time what is it that you want to own your own gym how did you get started um so basically we just live in a rural area um after playing sports growing up you know once you go into the adult world you need something to focus that energy on so i got into fitness um and then that led me to being you know 30 minutes away from any gym in my area um, so at the time I had a pretty good job and we found a location in town. And, uh, so we started saving back and went for it. Um, so awesome. main reason we got into the gym business was to create a gym that we could actually work out in, uh, aside from our garage. So, okay. That definitely relatable there. Uh, you know, growing up being athletic and then not really having anywhere to go once you, like you said, get into your adult life. So definitely can relate to that. So now as far as your business model goes, how things within the gym today, are you doing 
open memberships? Are we doing group classes, one-on-one, semi-privates? Kind of walk us through what the layout looks like. Uh, right, right. So we're like your standard box gym. You know, we have a little bit of cardio equipment, the strength cables, free weights, and then we have a room that we kind of dedicate to our cardio, aerobics, and stuff like that. So we do have the open membership. We run our gym 24 seven. Um, and then, you know, your basic person would just have a 24 hour membership that they um, use their self. And then we do do the group training. Uh, we actually include that free with a membership. We have a yoga trainer come in. Um, we have some hit classes in the evening, some core focus and leg focus. We just kind of hit a little bit of all dynamics. If you just went to the weekly class, you'd get like a full body workout through the week. Um, and then personal training, uh, we're a lot different from a lot of gyms. Uh, we actually don't get into that uh, sector of the money. At least, uh, we just take on qualified trainers and then allow them to, basically offer their services at our gym and we just kind of keep our hand out of that um reason i did that was just kind of not to be held accountable for the trainers um like i said we live in an area where you can't find top tier people so um the best way i could do that and offer the service and not be responsible for how they did i'll just cut ties and uh, so that's how we offer our one-on-one -on -one training of course we do i do some in training in-house that it, you know is me but other than that we just have trainers that we allow to offer their services Okay. All right. So quite a few different um, within the facility itself. Now, as far as the members goes, how many members are you currently serving? So today uh, we're 578. Okay. All right. And is that any different from members or is that a comfortable place for you to be? Are you looking to grow? What does that look like? So with our facility, we're right at like 4,000 square feet. And like I said, okay. we were in a small area. So like when I started uh, with the plans and stuff for the gym and what the cash flow projections and stuff, we, we made it to we were like setting up for like 200 people max. I mean, I just didn't know that the area was going to, you know, we, we live in a small country area. So I just wasn't really sure. So we built it 4,000 square feet. And then, you know, we opened August of 2019. Um, we did really good up until about COVID. We got to about 340 members um, and then COVID hit. Um, even though we didn't bill anybody for those two months that we were mandated because we were mandated to shut down for two months, um, we didn't bill anybody through that. Uh, we still lost a lot of members just from the bad publicity and the news, you know, don't go to the gym and stuff like that. So we lost a big portion of our members. But uh, I don't know if it was, you know, giving those people the break during COVID, but we had a lot of people show right back up. As soon as we opened the doors back up, we shot up through 400. And uh, we've just kind of slowly been trekking uh, along um, to get to about 580 now. The problem that we're seeing now is uh, I kind of feel bad advertising for in-house memberships uh, because the room, you know, we've actually started to get a clientele base that actually uses the facility. So, you know, and I, a packed gym is good for business, but bad for uh, business as well, you know, because nobody wants to be in there working out in a packed gym. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, we're, we're actually working on another facility, but it's going to be different, but still fitness related uh, there that we're looking to build now. Got it. Okay. Um, so multiple ways to grow, right? We can get more clients. We can get our clients that we have to pay more by providing right. them either higher levels of service or different uh, streams actual business itself or we can keep our clients that we have for longer periods of time because we know right. it's much cheaper to keep a client than it is to acquire a new one uh so with that being any other services that you offer to your clients within the facility 
Um, I, I don't think so. You know, aside from the, just your standard membership, the included classes and the personal training, uh, we, you know, we sell supplements, but I wouldn't consider that a service. But, you know, other than that, that pretty much covers all sectors of what we're doing. Okay. All right. So uh, no nutrition or accountability, anything of that nature? Uh, no, no, we're, we're actually not involved in that. And uh, like I say, we're kind of playing to our demographics. Uh, we're not in a high um expandable income expendable income community you know so uh it, it, the average income is a little bit lower so people are you know they're still buying those memberships but it is harder to get them to pay for the nutrition prices and the top tier prices on personal training it's hard to find clients in that jen i think that's a, just a result of where we're at okay and the new facility that you're either working on or looking to expand into so you said something about the Focus, but a little bit different. So, what does that look? What are you planning on? So, on basically, um, what we're looking to do is uh, the gym we have now. It, like I say, four thousand square feet is is pretty small for a gym. Mm -hmm. uh, it can, in my eyes, anyways, and it does. You know, it takes twenty five people to come in there during rush hour, and it feels pretty packed in there. Um, but we do like the community engagement, and that would go far. Uh, and I believe that would help a lot, but we just don't have the room. Like on Saturday, you know, I'd love to do something and have a big, but you know, if your regulars are there working out and you bring this big crowd, it, it kind of interferes. So uh, what we're doing is building like basically a box. I, I don't want to call it CrossFit because that's not what we're going to do, but we're going to cross train in there. We're going to put some turf down. We're going to focus more on hit machines and stuff. You can get a group involved and kind of move uh, group training and then versus athlete training to another building. Mm -hmm. Okay. And just kind of split the two up um to, to take a load off the gym we're running now and because a lot more people would be doing the the group training uh just if we had a better facility set up for it got it okay and what is the timeline on that is that something that's in the works right now or is it kind of future pacing so we started last year and we were going to set out to do it and we got the building survey just started going through quotes and then just with everything with the building materials and just kind of how things are going in the world um, we, we thought it may, our buy-in price was going to be a little high compared to if things ever did go back to where they were when we built. So we kind of been holding off, just kind of seeing this rise in inflation and just holding to see if there's a better time to buy in. Uh, but we got the plans for the building. I mean, we've even talked to the people to, uh, outfit the equipment. We kind of know what all that pricing looks like. We're just kind of waiting for a good time. Um, like I say, we're, we're kind of stuck to the expendable income of our community and you know that's kind of been lessening over the past few months so we're just we're not worried but we, we just want to play it safe got it okay all right so kind of holding off hoping things um just kinda... level out we're... yeah <laughs> right yeah <laughs> we don't really want to be the one of those people that kind of wait because i do believe the people that hit are the ones that swing so uh sitting back in the batter's box waiting for a good strike you know i don't know uh you know it's all about yeah. the decisions and we just want to make the right one Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of a, a fine line to, to walk there, but you want to make sure you're making the right decision, but you don't want to wait too long. So yeah, it's tough. Right. Right. Um, all right. And then, so as far as retention goes and keeping the clients that you have, so industry average to be about three to six months. So what does that look like? It's sticking around for longer than that on average, or what are things looking like? Yeah, um, absolutely. We have very few cancellations. Um, I, I don't know what the exact demographics of it would be, but um, our numbers have been positively moving forward almost every month that we've uh, been in open. So 
uh, you know, we lose members, of course, but uh, the retention rate would be high. I wish I could give you an exact percentage on that, but um, what we do well uh, in retaining the members, uh, you know, we track when what they say when they're leaving and it's usually somebody's moving or anything. It's just never, you know, we quit the gym just because it wasn't a good fit. Right. Okay. And thing plays into that. Why do you think that your retention is high and people are sticking around for long periods of time? Uh, I believe, uh, you know, being in a small town, we, we have a good uh, energy in the gym. You know, people go there. It's real personable. People are going to greet you when you're in there. You may bump into somebody. You know, everybody talks. It's, it's a good community. Um, and then other than that, you know, we're the only gym in about 30 miles. So all of our gym goers, we kind of got them cornered in a market now. Um, and that's why we want to build the other the facility is to kind of stake down that market because uh, I believe, you know, to the other gym owners uh, in the other areas around us, you know, we kind of showed an untapped market where we're at to, to open up um, mm -hmm. and then pull 580 people out of the out of the area. I think that opened some people's eyes to like, hey, you know, maybe we could step in and do it better because we've left ourselves open with a smaller facility and some things. So that's why we're trying to go ahead and get that other facility there to kind of stake down our claim and make it where nobody else is gonna to wanna to try and challenge that. Yeah, absolutely. And the 580 members currently, did you acquire all of those through word of mouth? Or did you do some type of paid advertising in the past? Uh, How did you? So uh, basically, um, I built the the gym myself. I general contracted it. So I was on site every day when things were happening, you know, whether it was concrete or um, so in that, you know, I, I graduated from my town. I know a lot of people from my town on social media. There's most of them are there. Um, so I just broadcasted that. I made the gym page a couple months early before we even signed papers and just kind of let people know like, hey, we're going to we're going to build a gym in Malakoff. And uh, we just recorded every step. I was on the on there just videoing myself like, hey, look here. We got people coming in for concrete down to the paint to moving the equipment in. So by the time that we had um, opened the doors, we had like 13 or 1400 people following our Facebook page, um, wow. which is crazy. So right at the end of the gym, you know, I'd spent almost every dollar I saved in my life uh, to, to build the gym. And right at the end, I had gotten pretty low, actually. <laughs> um, and that night. I sold um, the pre-sign-up deal. So basically we offer a membership and then an enrollment fee. So you pay your monthly membership and then you sign up, you pay the enrollment fee one time. So at that night I said, you know, for the first hundred people that sign up, we're not going to charge the enrollment fee. You pay your first month. We're going to be open the next week. And we had a hundred people sign up before midnight, um, which basically, yeah, floated us to start our business because we were, right. I mean, it was right at the end uh, as far as financially. We cut it close. That came and we've been rolling ever since. That's awesome. I'm glad. I know a lot of people, I always ask about pre-sales, you know, when I do talk to gym owners who are opening soon or kind of right on the verge there of getting their doors open and out of the, don't really think about running a pre-sale, you know. And it's something that can be super beneficial because you want people the doors and to have that income uh, coming in right off the bat. I mean, in your case, it really helped you float things in the beginning because it's hard, you know, it's very expensive. Absolutely. <laughs> open things running and there's a lot of unexpected expenses that come up along the way. Um, so pre-sales are, are definitely a, a good approach when opening you know whether it be like you said um 
just taking the enrollment fee out or some type of little savings to to get them committed before the door can be a changer. Right. And, and I, I believe a lot of it that had them cornered was it was the fact that they watched the entire build of the gym you know so they were right there when I posted the link they were already on the hook there it is you've been waiting for you know a year watching this thing being built here's a chance to buy in at a low cost and they took advantage of it quick yeah um and then from there you know just to gain members all we did was your typical Facebook stuff you know we made some pretty what I think were some pretty good looking t-shirts and then you know we gave um, each one of them away if you were to you know like share and tag somebody you'd get into this drawing and we gave a big thing of the merch away which you know um, those things were getting up to like 75 shares so I mean it, they, they did well at growing you know uh, mm -hmm. the good thing about the Facebook marketing is you can track all the mate the metrics of, of what it's who is seeing it and um, so Facebook uh, the pre-sale and I mean that, that was pretty much it you know just staying steady and keeping things posted i noticed that as when people would come in from town and they would take a picture and check in on facebook like two days later so and so would show up and they would be like hey i saw so and so on facebook here we we're going to try it out so uh, i really encouraged all the members to start really you know check in here i put you know yeah. our at signs at the bottom of the mirrors where they were taking their selfies that way people would be able to you know if they posted their gym selfie they'd know where to find them so um just little things like that i feel like helps along the way yeah, for sure. I mean, the engagement through social media is huge. Like you said, you know, it was from the start. You started sharing the story of building out the facility and people like to follow along with things like that. So doing things yeah. that are engaging, having people check in, doing little giveaways, things of that nature, just to keep people's attention. And then the other aspect that you said that I like is the trackability of Facebook. That often gets overlooked, you know? Right. Um, especially when you talk about the paid side of things, because that's a really good way to be able to track how many leads you have or um, yeah. keep an eye on, uh, you know, if I spend X amount of dollars, I can expect to see X amount of people walk through the door on a monthly basis. So Facebook and its trackability are huge, whether it's organic, paid. Yes, I agree hundred yeah. percent. Okay, cool. So uh, now one thing I would love to ask is to every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering doing their own thing, going their own way, opening their own facility, what would that be? What's one of the most important things that you've learned throughout your time in ownership? Um, that, that's a tough question. There's a lot of ways to go with that. I mean, uh, you know, it was a tough process uh, in the beginning. If I was going to tell anybody is just when it starts to look ugly, uh, you know, just keep pushing because there was a lot of times we, you know, we didn't think it was going to work and we almost pulled the plug on it so many times uh, thinking, what are we getting ourselves into? And thank God we stuck it out because as soon as we opened the door, you know, it worked. And I, I don't know, that was the hardest part of opening it to me was just getting to that finish line and believing that that was going to be there for you. But, you know, and even though we did all the, the target market research, ran the demographics of the area, did the research on who's buying memberships and, and we would put a full plan together, but, you know, and proved it to a bank to invest, but still, you know, you're unsure yourself, even though mm -hmm. you've sold it to somebody else, you know, you just got to be sure let the research and, and the things you've proved be your guidance and then go for it. Um, Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But it starts with doing the research. So yeah, that's important. Absolutely. Yeah. 
that's an important piece there definitely do your research make sure the numbers are there um and don't just jump into it right 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 <laughs> a lot of people do that <laughs> so yeah, definitely uh, an important piece there but yeah no that, that's what i would say is uh stick with it you know and then too uh, just know you're going to be dealing with the public you know <laughs> and a lot of people that haven't dealt directly with the public my previous job you know i didn't just i wouldn't a gym owner, I would call it customer service. You know, I go in the building, everybody knows me. Um, you know, being from a small town, everybody knows me. So when they need something with their gym, <laughs> they're just, they contact me on my phone. You know, they never go to the office. So um, yes. customer service is, is a big deal uh, that I yes. didn't see coming. But uh, it's a constant need. And there's going to be people come in there and tell you like, hey, you need to do this. And hey, you need to do that. <laughs> and it's just, um, that's been one of the hurdles as well. Yeah, absolutely. That can be one of the hardest parts is one, I mean, managing people within the business itself, like your staff uh, or your trainers. And then the other side of it is, yeah, dealing with the public. You know, if, if you haven't been in customer service before, it's a little bit shocking sometimes. People come at you with all sorts of different things that you would never expect. So, yeah, it's, it's wild. And, you know, I, I had some people working for me and one was like, um, she was an 18 year old girl that was working for me and she was going to college part time. And it's like some of the ways that people would treat her would just blow my mind. She would call me. She was like, I don't know what to do. And I'm just dealing with that was just like, you know, and I would go in and see the same people and they wouldn't do that to me. And it's just like, yeah. um, you know, people will take advantage of what they can and, and you got to expect that um, yes. to a point. Yes, absolutely. Definitely, definitely something to keep in mind there because that's something that is very unexpected and it can be exhausting, you know, after a while uh, and kind of hard to maintain your uh, your cool in some situations. Oh, for sure, so. <laughs> for sure. Definitely a good piece of advice there. All right. Awesome. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Uh, we are at MTX Fitness 903. So check out our Instagram. We're on Facebook. Um, yeah, absolutely. All righty. Awesome. So Brandon from MTX Fitness in Malakoff, Texas. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. All right. Well, you guys take care and I look forward to next time. Absolutely. And to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.